Hi, everybody. Well, welcome to another episode of Indie Club Podcast. Um, today, I'm joined with uh, Adrian Moncudiol. I think I pronounced it pretty That's well. Perfect. I, great. I suck at French, but uh, <laughs> I, I have a French friend who I told him once uh, I'm uh, rich enough that I don't have to worry about money, I'm going to learn French. So that's a promise. Uh, Adrian is a founder of uh, Moza. Uh, it's, a, it's an agency that basically it's for product design freelancers only. And he will tell you more about this. And I will talk with Adrian about his journey, uh, where he come from, how he got to where he is now. And uh, let him first introduce himself. And then we'll just want to kick it off. So Adrian, please take it away. <laughs> Thank you very much. I'm really pleased to be here. Um, yeah, so so basically, I, I I've been working uh, in the in the freelance industry for a while now. Um, it, I think it started almost ten years ago uh, when I was a, a student and uh, was kind of getting bored at school and wanted to work for startups on the side. So this is when I started uh, uh, opening my freelance uh, profile and and did a. Uh, and did some little gigs uh, on marketing for, for startups uh, when I was not in class or maybe when I was in class as well. Um, and, um, and slowly, uh, I've, uh, yeah, I've been more involved in, in this industry. Um, I've, been, uh, I've been traveling uh, quite, quite a lot as, as a digital nomad in, in, the, in the last years. Um, and uh, I also founded two, two main communities of freelancers. Um, one of them was called Mangrove, which was a, a community of, of freelancers who um, shared like a passion for what they were doing in the tech industry, but with very different skill sets and um, people sharing common values uh, towards like mutual help and, and benevolence. So, so we reached uh, 150 members uh, from 18 different countries. We will um, communicate every day together over Slack and build like many tools to help each other on our different projects. Learn, learn from each other. We will organize retreats. We had offices offices in in Paris and Berlin to to meet each other. And uh, I mean, it was a yeah really beautiful project. I will be able to tell you more about it later if you want. And and today my my, my main project is Moza, um, which is a which is a collective of uh, of product designers. So like previous product managers or UX UI designers from very good and uh, renowned startups in, in France. Um, and, uh, and we have this little crew of eight people. And basically uh, we, we try to combine the, the freedom you can have as, as a freelancer. Uh, so people work from, from wherever they want, uh, whenever they want on the projects they have chosen. They are really well paid uh, working on these projects. And at the same time, uh, there is uh, this group and uh, the common processes that we have to work together on these projects to help each other and to split the different tasks so it can be uh, it can be more more interesting and more stimulating uh, instead of being uh, alone yeah uh, can you tell me why did you make moza freelancers only like what um so so basically, the, the, the goal with Moza uh, is to rethink uh, the agency model. Um, in France, uh, all the agencies I, I know um, hire uh, not the best people, uh, because the best people uh, in, in product design want to work uh, at the best startups. 
uh, they want to work a lot for startups they really love and that are growing fast. Uh, this is what I've seen. And uh, some of them at some point after five years, 10 years, kind of get tired of, of this, uh, this space and want to, want to like see a different kind of uh, lifestyle and uh, maybe want to travel a little bit or want to work on different projects uh, or want to have like some time to learn new stuff or to, to work on side projects as well, that kind of stuff. So, so we, I, I saw that more and more people are now considering freelancing. The thing is that with freelancing, uh, sure you have all this freedom. Uh, if you are a great freelancer, you get, you get paid uh, by great companies working for them. And, uh, and it's, it's, it's awesome to discover that. But I, what I've also seen is that after six months, a year, kind of gets tiring because you feel a little bit by yourself. Uh, some designers don't really like to, to sell their stuff, don't really like to promote themselves. Uh, and, um, and thanks to my experience with Mangrove, I realized how valuable a strong community could be. Um, and, uh, and so this is what, what, why we're putting together Moza, because we, we think that these really high, highly talented freelancers in product design uh, could join their forces inside a structure that understands the culture, which is not like a copycat of an agency. We are really rethinking the model, model of the agency in order to attract these talents. And, and then once, once, as we have like really good people inside our, inside our group, it's more easy also to uh, find the clients who are going to be interested in working with such talents that are harder to find and especially harder to find as a team. Do you think that uh, since we basically proved in during Corona that a lot of companies can work remotely and we people work remotely. Do you think more companies will now start to offer these freedoms that we as freelancers enjoy being freelancers and try to attract more talent with those kind of... Yeah, uh, definitely. I, I'm, I, I, I'm sure that uh, there is more and more companies that realize that it's possible to be productive uh, as a remote worker. And some of them also realize they are even more productive as usual when they are in the offices. So I'm absolutely sure about the fact that uh, this Corona crisis is opening the minds of, of many companies and many entrepreneurs about remote work. Uh, I'm not saying that everyone is going to switch full remote because also on-site uh, collaboration uh, can be really useful in, sometimes, uh, but I'm, I'm sure it's helping a lot. And, um, and it's also helping like us freelancers and agencies because uh, it was one of our main struggle before, like how do you convince a client that we can do a great work remotely uh, when they have never, never worked remotely in their life? Now, like uh, it's, it's not even a question, like they know that with the right tools, with the right processes, you can be extremely productive and creative even remotely. Do you think that uh, that will to some degree uh, have effect on how some teams price themselves because they do not need an office, they don't need to travel. Uh, do you think it will it will affect pricing in the freelance world? Um, remote work definitely affects pricing. Uh, you don't, you don't, you you, you have less uh, cost structures. That's why uh, Moza is less expensive than a traditional agency because uh, we don't have an office, we don't have an office manager, we don't have all this stuff. Uh, that needs to be renewed. I mean, we are super light and super flexible. Uh, 
and of course this makes us uh, cheaper than uh, than traditional agencies do you communicate that to your client as a primary thing like just being cheaper or are there some other strengths that you convey when of you... course yeah uh, I, I don't think a mozza is cheap uh, because uh, <laughs> I, I don't know the price. So mozza <laughs> <laughs> mozza is more expensive than uh, most uh, design freelancers that you can find, uh, but it's less expensive than most agencies. We are kind of in the in the middle, um, and uh, but this is this is not uh, how we convince our our clients. Uh, our clients. Come, come at us because they they know uh, the quality of the team we we have they know the projects we have worked on we produce a lot of content online like uh, videos of talks like presentations some of them have hundreds of thousands of views and uh, and this is what uh, what makes our brand and what uh, what brings our clients and what makes them want to work with us yeah i've seen on on the mods website i think the page is called recipes yeah. Uh, and it's some really great content there. Yeah, absolutely. Thank so, you. So, <laughs> Mozza is a profitable business, obviously. Uh, and when you started, were you using your own funds, or did you at any point consider taking outside funding to to grow the company? So, um, I never considered taking outside funding for Mozza uh, because I, I'm really interested uh, in uh, in these companies that. Uh, managed to grow uh, by themselves with uh, proper revenue and more uh, healthy business models. Um, I, I'm not saying at the same time that this is something I will never do, uh, but uh, if I do it, uh, if it's because I, I have found partners that uh, will not only bring money, but also like a lot of knowledge and ambition to, to grow this project. Um, I, I, I'm, I don't think it's the, it's the right time yet to do that. And I'm, I don't, I'm not sure that it will ever be. So, so we'll, we'll see how, how things go and if you want to, to go there. Yeah. So you are, everybody's a freelancer and everybody works remotely and it's all over the world. Uh, but you're based in Europe at the moment. Uh, I am personally based in Europe. Uh, right now I'm in Paris. Uh, and uh, I have uh, two other Mozzaiolos uh, next to me right now. Um, but uh, one of us is in Austria, another one is in Portugal, and, um, and some of them are, are traveling constantly. Um, I, I would say that half of our clients are French due to the fact that uh, most of us are French, and this is, I mean, this is our personal network is, is mostly French, but thanks to the content, we produce in English, and uh, and and thanks to like the word word of mouth, uh, another half of our clients is uh, basically everywhere. A lot in the U.S. for sure, but also uh, also in Northern Europe or like Canada, uh, Asia a little bit. So yeah. Cool. Uh, one of the things that I read on your site says that people uh, freelancers from Mozilla are not yes men, <laughs> and, and I agree one hundred percent. I I rarely agree uh, with what my clients like. They, I, I always like to say that there's a difference between what client needs and what he wants. Yeah. And we need to find a common ground. Yeah. So how did you come to that? And how do you communicate that to, to your clients? I know that you put it on your front page, but yeah. when you actually sit down to a client, how, how does that work? Uh, yeah. Where you basically take their idea and then you build it into something. 
Yeah, sure. No, it's. I think uh, it's something that you realize uh, as uh, as you get, have some experience as a freelancer that when you really put um, when you really get involved in the project, almost as a co-founder, you know, uh, this is when your client is really happy. I mean, like clients who, who know the value of such commitment. Uh, uh, I mean, most of most of my clients. I've always been super grateful when I truly got involved and truly got confident enough to uh, to say what I uh, really thought about the project. And I think this is also about trust, right? Like if you if you are a yes man, if you always agree with your clients, uh, of course you, you they will be happy maybe at first, but uh, slowly you kind of lose their confidence. Uh, you, there is no trust anymore because they see you as a as as a, an agency that only wants to make money, and we, if if we only work with startups and entrepreneurs, it's because we don't want to work with uh, big corporations, uh, uh, and that are not like that are not like truly committed to making the, their project work. I mean, I really I really value this kind of passion that you have as an entrepreneur, and uh, and and if if i want to work with startups if i want to respect this this commitment uh, entrepreneurs have on their projects i i also need to be committed as well uh, otherwise there is no sense to to do that and uh, and and our clients value that and if 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 we if we realize that when we're closing a deal that uh, in front of us we have someone that only wants to hire us to execute without thinking um, then, then we don't we don't work with them because yeah, you're not a re for. remote uh, remote uh, cursor control for clients today. Yeah, yeah, I agree. So when was the when was the last time that you actually had to fire a client? Um, uh, it doesn't happen that much, but it happened uh, at at the end of last year. Um, basically, um, we're not aligned on um, we're not aligned on on what 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 was what should be done and we really didn't agree on on the vision it was like for for um for a product landing page basically and um and they wanted to uh, to to copycat the website and we we truly believe that this will lead them to really bad results and uh, and we did not manage to convince them to, to do the other way so so we basically said okay i think we're not the best fit for you then and uh because we're not going to work on something that we don't believe in right otherwise yeah. like you have poor results and the clients doesn't come back they don't tell about you to their friends and i mean in the long term you you always want to make your client happy so with good results absolutely so, yeah, yeah. I, I heard a lot of people say like why do you care you're getting paid so just do the work and get paid and, and be done with it but i think that takes out the joy of working on a project if you're just working to get paid and might as well get a job at wherever and do whatever it just doesn't matter yeah. right? be a banker <laughs> <laughs> yeah and i i could i couldn't work for a bank i was offered a position in, in one of the uh, banks that will remain nameless and it just kind of felt that uh, I don't know I just don't want to work with in that type of <laughs> environment I just couldn't imagine myself you know, you know going to work wearing a suit it was just like, 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, my, my, my father is a worker, so I don't have anything against them. It's just that I think it's um, I think it's uh, some industries where the the meaning of your work doesn't count that much. Yeah. And uh, there is nothing wrong about that. Like, oh, no, absolutely. Uh, I think yeah, they find happiness elsewhere, but I personally find happiness in my in my work in in the commitment I I have in the in the energy I, I put uh, at work and in this passion. So if I lose that, that uh, I won't be happy anymore. So absolutely, I just I, I like like you said, I have nothing against bankers or banks. Banks are where I keep my money, but uh, <laughs> it just I couldn't feel uh, creative in that type of environment. It just kind yeah. of felt, you know. So, so yeah, you yeah, said yeah. that you, you traveled as a, as a digital nomad and uh, like you learned some lessons from building Mangrove and then building that into Moza. Uh, and obviously uh, the freedom and, and the work-life balance is important for you guys, but uh, how much and how did you approach, uh, you know, uh, combining your lives and everything that you are doing outside of work with actually working for clients? Mm, well, I, th- I think um, as as a, as a freelancer or as 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 Moza, which is basically the same but a little bit, with a little bit bigger with a few more people, um, uh, I think it's kind of uh, some some education that you have to do with yourself and with your clients, like uh, knowing where to set the boundaries, knowing when you should not respond to that email and wait for, for tomorrow morning, you know? So uh, I think it's kind of yeah, like some, some personal discipline. During the first six months, maybe the first year, you always want to be like uh, super reactive and uh, you, you, you believe that if you don't answer right now, it's going to be a problem and you're maybe a bit stressed because you're not really confident about the quality of your work and all that. So you really... Um, you really believe that your reactivity is going to be uh, extremely valuable. Um, while I've I've learned that uh, what truly matters is your ability to to produce like high high quality work, and to do that you need to take some time to rest. You need to be able to focus, and uh, resting and focus are not compatible with a uh, hundred like uh, 24, 24 seven uh, reactivity to emails and to phone calls. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you need to find the right balance, I think. Yeah, absolutely. My my phone is on mute since iPhone five. So since iPhone <laughs> five came out, I didn't have any ringtone. Basically, the phone has been on mute since then. But the last couple of uh, like last six months or so, six months already, uh, I took approach where I said I will check my email only once a day, and reply to emails two times a week. And before I made that switch, uh, I read an article, I think it was by Tim Ferriss, not sure, but I think it was Tim Ferriss, where he said that he replies to emails only once a week and checks emails once a week. And I was like, how can you, there's no way to do that. And I thought like, oh, I'm gonna go, like disaster's gonna happen. And then basically I started to ignore my email and now I just reply to him once a week and nothing bad happens. So I think it mm-hmm. can work. Uh, if I don't reply to an email longer than a week, I just archive it, it just like it goes away. I don't care anymore. And if, if I didn't reply to it, it it's not important. And, and I feel much better since then. But like, what would be like, your advice for people who are starting to freelance? I, I, I have a chance to speak to a lot of people uh, during my talks where I basically I preach and promote freelancing for the last couple of years. 
five already or six and, and i try to get more and more people to consider freelancing as a career and a lot of people who don't know how to start and i kind of feel like a broken record repeating myself but i i want to hear like <laughs> what would be uh your advice for people who are considering a freelance career to approach that and balance out their work and life and, and how to actually you know find first clients price themselves like, yeah, what is yeah. your go-to starting advice yeah yeah so well uh, I, I i've given this advice to uh, to a lot of, uh, of freelancers who are at the beginning of their freelance career um it's like try to uh not not try don't try to be better try to be different uh i think in the in the freelance market there is a lot of competition uh if you type on a on malt.com or like any other freelance platform like Upwork, you type UX design, there is like thousands, maybe like hundreds of thousands of profiles that have this um, this 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 name. And um, and basically, uh, what I what I try to do at the beginning is, okay, like how can I be different than all the other UX designers? Well, personally, I was a growth marketer, but for UX design it's the same like how, how can you specialize yourself based on your experience based on your interests uh, to be the only UX designer or growth marketer on a given topic and there is many topics that are like not uh, approached by these skills I remember like once I met uh, a UX designer UX UI designer uh, and she uh, was passionate about her horses and I don't really know how she managed to do once a website for uh, someone who owned uh, race horses um, and of course the race the racing industry for horses I don't know if that's the correct name in English but uh, the horse races is like really a really old school industry so no one knows how to build a website or how to design one and like slowly she became like the superstar of ux ua design for for people who were in this industry and she had like many many clients she truly loved it, loved it because she was in touch with these people who were like close to to her passion and um and it's it wasn't even like a strategy that she thought about um for in, in in regard of myself, um, I I was really interested in in uh, in mobile apps like quite early on, like in 2013, 2014, was still the kind of the beginning of mobile, especially in France, I think. And uh, and at the same time, there was like this big growth hacking trend, and I decided like, to focus my work on mobile growth. So like there was many many growth hackers. There was many like mobile uh, mobile product people and mobile marketers but someone really focusing on this, combining these two new trends growth and mobile and i i was able to produce content focused on that okay when you have a mobile application how do you grow your user base how do you acquire more users how do you engage them and i and and i and i made i made presentations that got very successful because it was quite rare to find topics uh, to find content about this topic at the time and this is how I got involved to conferences and, and all that. And basically finding a little niche that you really like and produce content focused on that niche 
will make you the superstar of that niche. And this is, I think, what you should be aiming at. And then from there, you can grow. And today, I'm not doing growth anymore. I mean, not as not only I, I do product, I do I do design. I'm slowly we start to do like branding, all that kind of stuff. But at the beginning, you need to find your niche that you really are passionate about and, and focus on that and produce content and become the, the superstar in this niche. So combine your passion with with whatever you're working on and yeah yeah when yeah, uh, yeah. so uh, yeah I, I got a similar advice years ago when i wanted to do my first uh i was doing like meetups and small little talks but i wanted to do a big uh conference and speak on a big stage for a lot of people and one of my friends who's a designer he gave me advice basically I, he had a lot of conference experience and he's a experienced speaker so i asked him like i i want to be like a good speaker and a good ux designer and he told me because i've been doing stand-up comedy for mm -hmm. a long time now he told me there's no ux designer slash stand-up comedian it doesn't <laughs> exist so like be that guy be the guy yeah. so yeah. basically i took my talk that was around my design experience uh, and my message about freelancing and design but i just took my like stand-up comedy experience put an element of, of comedy to it and whenever i applied to a conference it would be something they never seen before because they would they would get a lot of talks about design but mm. stand up comedian talking about design was something that they never saw so i also got into a yeah, lot yeah of, exactly exactly this is, this is the ultimate point yeah so 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 yeah that, that that would work so when you said like you were you were writing for this niche how did you place your content uh where would you like how would you uh, like, what would your advice be to tell people when they are starting to uh, write about con create content about certain niche in their area? Like, how would you would you create your own blog, or would you post somewhere else? Would you reach out to people? How would you actually make everybody aware that you are this guy that's like good at this? So, what I did at the time uh, is uh, basically like getting involved in the, in the, in in the community. Uh, so getting involved in the in the growth hacking at the time it was like a while ago and and but there is always communities on, on the web for any kind of skill any industry there is always communities online so basically i i really tried to get involved and uh, organize events meet people give feedback about the articles comment share all that kind of stuff and so this this little community that I got involved in was my first, uh, my first viewers. Like they, they were the people I shared my content to, and they shared it uh, uh, to their community, to their networks. And this is how how it went slowly, uh, not viral, but how how the content got distributed. So you and twi Twitter is is a great tool for that. Uh, um, at the time, I used a lot uh, a website called GrowthHackers.com. Product hunt also. I mean, there is like many online communities, and there is like not so many so many Facebook groups uh, for 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 this this tech industry that you can find. And and I think getting getting involved, helping it, helping other people, like slowly uh, building your network and bringing value to people, will will make you uh, in a good position to start producing content that will be interesting for these people and that they will like. Uh, uh, look at and, and then share if it's good uh, piece of content. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I agree. Uh, I will. I'm trying to be courteous of your time, so I'll try to wrap it up soon. But uh, I have. A, uh, I'm interested in uh, 
like what was the what was the breaking point for you deciding to i don't want to work for somebody else i want to start my own business so what was like do you have a single moment or was it more of a like a longer period of uh, i wouldn't say there is like a single moment uh, because uh, when i when i joined the, the last company uh, i was an employee at uh, it was kind of exactly five years ago uh, and uh, it it it, uh, it lasted for nine months only uh, then i quit and honestly it was kind of like a trauma because my experience over there was so bad i mean 10 of us quit actually and this is how mangrove started by the way like uh, mangrove was started by a group of people leaving the same company because they were like so shocked <laughs> by 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 the kind of culture that had they had in there then there and and none of us uh, actually is has been an employee since then we have been like uh, doing our, our business and and now today it's kind of really really hard for me to imagine being an employee but i'm not saying it will never happen again i think it could happen if i meet a founder that i truly admire uh who is working on a project that i really really love um i think this the combination of these two things could make me like jump, jump back into into this uh, employee seat, uh, but I think it should also be uh, at uh, at a specific moment in my life where when I need like some stability, when I don't want to travel that much, when I'm happy with like a regular uh, not nine to five job, but you know like uh, in one place. when I have kids and uh, and you know like you kind of you are stuck anyway anyway. So so maybe at 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 such point I'll be open to that. Uh, right now it's not the case for sure uh, maybe it won't happen ever again but uh, but yeah. I'm not I'm not closed hundred uh, percent maybe maybe you will have kids and based on what we learned during this past couple of months we will have schools online and you will be still able to travel and yeah. find a freelancer <laughs> freelancer partner that can also travel and just have kids and be on the plane yeah 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 but uh, yeah but Planes, planes are getting a bit uh, yeah. uh, complicated for me on a, on a non-environmental yeah. level. Yeah, you can be you can be that annoying person with who has kids that are screaming while you're traveling, and then <laughs> <laughs> you can be that. <laughs> maybe. But yeah. Okay. Uh, before I wrap it up, like last question, I'm going to leave you alone. Um, sure. What would uh, what would be your advice for people who are currently working the nine to five and, and are thinking about this, either starting at their company or going freelance and need to make that step? Like, how would you make them? What would you say to them? What would you say to yourself before you started? Like, what would be? Um, well, I would say uh, take your time. It's gonna be okay. Like, uh, basically. Uh, I mean, because I'm always in a hurry. I mean, that this is what I would have said to myself like uh, a few years ago. Um, always in the urge of starting new projects and uh, make like in the urge of making them grow super fast. Um, I I think what I realized in the last few years is that um, things take time. Like really, uh, if you want to build a a, a deep and impactful project if you want to have like a, a great team around you if you want to trust people all this takes time and uh, and i 
I truly try to to stay uh, um, aware of of this uh, of this need for pa patience, and uh, it's something I kind of like ignored a lot when I was younger because I was like always in a rush, always like wanted to to build ten different things every week, and now I'm like more well, okay. Take a step back. What do you want to build, and uh, and and like dedicate time to it and be patient and 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 if you do things right every day, like in the long term, it's going to pay off for sure. One thing at a time. Yeah. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah. Uh, great. So, uh, any last words or anything you want to share with our viewers before we wrap it up? Uh, well. Uh, uh, there was so many possible things to share. Yeah. Uh, um, no, I mean, uh, I think uh, I think life is short, and when you have something in mind that um, you have been thinking about for a while, um, most of the time you can give it a try without any big risks. Uh, you can quit your job, try try it for a few, try this life that you have been. Uh, uh, dreaming about uh, for a few months and then you will see maybe if it doesn't fit with what you wanted what you expected you can maybe go back to your previous job or find another one it's always possible to to find jobs uh, and uh, and worst case scenario you will sleep on a friend's couch for for a few a few weeks you know like uh, I think people are really afraid about uh, the worst case scenario and I think most of the time the worst case scenario is not that bad uh so it's worth taking uh, taking some some risk in life uh, as it's it's going to to pass fast so yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. take uh, yeah. take advantage of that i agree like people don't <laughs> rarely think through the worst case scenario it's like oh i'm gonna lose my job yeah another one just think through yeah. the worst case scenario he's gonna see it's gonna be fine yeah so, yeah yeah agree uh thank you so much for your time this was great i hope you will make time again in the future to do episode two because there are a lot of more questions that i would like to go deeper in and uh we i hope we do this again yeah sure this will be great yeah thanks thank everybody that we've been watching and listening on our podcast uh and i will include adrian's links to you uh moza and his social and if you have any questions either for me or for adrian please feel free to reach out i'm sure both of us will reply thank you okay. very much bye that everybody great. bye bye, bye. Thank you.